Shall we begin? Let's begin. This is incredible! Johnny Boss with a masterful solo goal. What a finish from Samuel Silvera! Robertson! And the Man City youngster opens the scoring. Oh, and it's Garankuo who has equalised right at the end. This is the Soccer Who's podcast, the show all about Australian football as we look to unearth the next generation of Socceroos who will one day wear the green and gold. Welcome to the Soccer Who's podcast. My name is Lockie. And to my right is James, and I just want to say, firstly, your home studio has come along quite nicely. We are first day of summer, and you've just installed an air conditioner in the room that we record this, so this is this is going to be nice. Oh, it's a lot more comfortable. Way more comfortable. I'm sweating marginally less than I would have been, actually quite a lot less than I would have been. I'm a bit of a sweaty boy, but thank you for uh, investing time and energy and money, I guess, into making my comfort um, more pronounced, I I guess, and thus making the quality of this show marginally better as well. Yeah. Actually, that was the sole reason for it. It wasn't to do with my comfort. It was actually purely for your comfort during these recordings. And I really, I really appreciate that. And that's probably, you you, you can probably expect an increase in number of recordings because i'll just want to spend more time in the air conditioning you know True, what I mean? yeah yeah so uh enough about me a special welcome i think goes to the family and, and friends of Ter- terry venables who unfortunately passed away this week socceroos coach famously 1997 that loss that we had and i don't want to dwell on it too much because i know it's a, a sore point for many australian football fans i'll be honest i wasn't alive that ages me i think that ages you as well james because i know for a fact that you weren't alive let alone a, a football fan you're a little bit later to becoming a soccer roots fan than i yeah late was. bloomer but hey you're welcome here as well uh a man who has helped pioneer the game in australia and maybe isn't recognized as much as he should be for what he has contributed to the game Obviously, the heartbreak of 1997 meant the elation of 2005 was all the more greater. And look, not that we can rewrite history, but had we gone to the World Cup in 1998, I don't think that would have made 2005. I still would have taken 2005 as well. But yeah, it's one of those characters that I don't think is appreciated as much in the game or outside of those who are footballing heads and, and football lovers anyway all that to say this episode is going to be solely on the soccer solely on the ollie ruse a quick update uh james just quickly before i forget how many hours of your football manager save are you into oh, i'm uh 40 hours deep okay fantastic and how many real hours have passed since you you know since you started not quite sure. Um, 48. That's nice to know. No, you wouldn't have played. You wouldn't have played 40 no, hours. It's, no. it's been about seven days, I think. Okay. So that's semi-healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That's good to know. Uh, well, yeah. Enough about enough about that. Quick Movember update. Managed to raise 150 bucks, I think it is at this stage. Um, so thank you. If you still want to donate, I think you can still donate. I'll, I'll include the link in the in the thing at the end, but yeah, 
thanks to everyone who supported me. I wanted to give especially a shout out uh, to there was one person who not only donated but actually gave a, a, a personal little hey, love the podcast, and I think that's worth a mention. Can you buy my love? Maybe uh, through a donation to Movember. Uh, let me just quickly check who it was because I think it's important. Um, Daniel. Daniel, thank you so much. Uh, he said he loves the stuff in his pod. And an anonymous supporter uh, loves the pod as well. So that's nice. Um, anyway, that's all the admin out of the way. Socceroos, James, they played two games. That they did. One against Bangladesh, a second against Palestine, and two very interesting games. I think we're going to try and keep this quick because I know you need to leave for work in about 17 minutes. Yep. So uh, thoughts on the game as as much or as little as you want to share? Uh, Bangladesh, as expected. I think it was classic Graham Arnold football in terms of how he likes to set up uh, with the kind of U-shape in attack, get it down the wing, wing play, then look to hammer the ball in through crosses, uh, whether it be looping or low-driven, you take your pick depending on who's in the middle. If it's, if it's Juki looping it, if it's Jay McLaren, you're driving it across the ground. So it was, you know, a good performance. I was impressed that Bangladesh tried to take the game to Australia a little bit. you got mm. to respect it. Yeah. Uh, were they punished? Most definitely. Uh, but, hey, that's sometimes how football is, and I respect teams that will try and, you know, play the game of football rather than just try and sit back and absorb pressure for 90 minutes and hope for a, a miracle draw. 7-0 for the Socceroos. Quite an impressive result. McLaren getting a hat-trick. I think we've said already he does what he did best uh, and he did what he does best, I should say. Getting in the right areas, tapping in the back of the net. And I think a lot of credit goes to the people who was helping. Uh, Jordan Boss, Lewis Miller, fantastic work in creating space and then yeah, giving it to him on a platter. And he, he did a good job finishing them. Uh, Brandon Borrello as well uh, got a goal. Unfortunately, he's he's going to be out. He's not going to be in contention for the Asian Cup. Broken foot, I believe. Yeah, so not, not ideal. Not also uh, Mitch Duke and Jay McLaren passed uh, Duga in Australia's all-time scoring charts. That is wild. Uh, I think for many people, they would pro- still probably say that Viduka is Viduka's role for the national team and his output for the national team. I, I still think undercooked. He also played a lot higher level of opposition more regularly. Yeah. Because uh, Australia obviously was an Oceania. Yeah. They wrapped up their qualifying campaign for, you know, getting to the qualifier very, very yep. quickly. Yep. It was a very small qualifying stage mm. as opposed to Asia, which is very long. You play a lot more smaller nations. So during international windows, Australia would far more regularly play higher opposition in friendly matches. So that is a small caveat. That's, that's true. Uh, I still think that his output for Leeds and, you know, club football is way higher than what we maybe could have hoped for for the national team. But he's still an icon. And I don't know whether McLaren and Duke will be given that same level of icon status, whether you think they deserve it or not. But I think that's just an interesting observation. It feels like they'd still have to score another... I think Mitch Duke has a lot more respect than... 
yeah. in hindsight than people would realize right now. Uh, yeah, I think... I think it'll look, be looked back on very fondly. I agree with that. I think that given what he helped create at the most recent World Cup, yeah, there will be a lot of love for him. And it'll. I think it'll depend how long he can keep on going, whether we have success in the upcoming Asian Cup. I think if we were to, ha- to be successful in the upcoming Asian Cup and he, it score a number of goals and contribute to, to success, however you define that, then he'll be looked back on very fondly. But there's something about Mark Viduka that, and maybe this speaks to when I was a kid growing up watching the Socceroos, that it's like, oh, this he, he's a special man. Yeah. Here's a fun one though, Lachlan. Uh, Suta now on 10 goals. Viduka has 11. Yeah, that's, that's also crazy. Anyway. I love the Viduka chat. I'm looking at the time here, and you are yeah. Let's move. You're you're, you're on you're on a time time crunch. Uh, we did get a debutant in Cassini Yengi made his senior appearance. Got on the pitch. I think we may have mentioned this last time. Just not ready. I don't think. Mm. Wasn't the best performance for me. Look, he's he's clearly an athlete, right? He's yep. clearly a big boy, strong, fast. Uh, decent technical ability, especially for a player of his size. Uh, but he hasn't found that consistency factor. He hasn't found the health that he needs. He struggles with injuries. Uh, and look, he hasn't even nailed down regular first-team football at a League One level. Mm. So I was a bit surprised to see him called up. I love the left-of-field choice. Bit concerned that you know his Portsmouth teammate, who has been the best player in League One, got arguably. A goal just this week. Just scored a goal. Alex Robinson was not included. Mm. Uh, but staying with Kasing Yingi, look, good opportunity for him. Um, hopefully he takes that and learns from it. I don't see him getting a cap again anytime soon. It feels like one of those. Even without Borello? Yeah, even without Borello. I think, you know, young strikers like Moture are ahead of him in my mind. Uh, so I'd rather see those kind of players right now who are also playing at a higher level. Uh, as well as more consistently and has shown a higher upside and are younger. But we all know the technical skills that Kasing Yingi has for his size. So there is room for him to grow. Obviously, there's a lot of potential. I just am concerned it will stay largely untapped. Interesting. Yeah, look, I think without Borello, there's creates a space. Come dog. Creates an opening. I don't think Jason Cummings <laughs> should be the one to get it, even though I was a big fan of his pre-World Cup. Going to India has killed killed it off for me. And I'm do you know what? I'm actually really disappointed. But enough about that. I think Borello being injured does create space for a young striker to come in. I know that Graham Arnold does like to ins- you know give a couple of camps to younger players, get them used to it. Whether we'll see Yangi again, whether it'll be Moture, another young striker. We know that. Kowal can play at striker, Garang, that is. Uh, Alou can, but I, I don't think he's been caught up on recent form. So uh, I'm interested to see how things go. Moving to Palestine, a win. It was it was the most, I think I saw a uh, post on X, Twitter, that someone... The disgust in your voice every time you say that. I know, that. it just, there's such disdain. I'm almost considering just becoming a threads guy and, and fully making the jump. Anyway, I saw a post. It was something like, this is the most Middle Eastern Australian qualifying game possible. It was like, not great football in terms of just looked ugly, 
relies on a Harry Sutar header and we look like we could have lost the game at certain points if not for Matt Ryan saving us a couple of times. So, And the fact that you then had to stay up till some ridiculous hour to watch the game as well. So just one of those games, you go, sweet, we got the result. And no one will really think about that game in a year's time when we're going, okay, where are we at with qualification? It's just one of those games that is in the books. You, tick. Yeah, you tick it. You almost go, if you're playing football manager or, or fever career mode, you just go sim that and I won't, I don't need to think about that game anymore. Yeah, sure. Any other thoughts other than that? It did expose the weakness of Australia, of course, which is breaking down. Mm-hmm. Oppositions, uh, we're very good on the counter, phenomenal in the counter press, uh, and I'd say one of the best teams in the world and on the counter press. And I think that's fair to say, especially considering one the <laughs> experts, analysts of Australia, uh, but also the results are in the pudding, right? Of how we've gone against high level opposition. Mm. So very good in that regard. Uh, but we struggle to break teams down, and that was shown once again against Palestine. Um, you can make the argument that once Australia gets to World Cup, they'll be relying on counter-pressing and countering anyway. I would counter that counter by saying, well, if Australia wants to be ambitious, when they win a World Cup, we have to start laying their foundations to be able to break down teams, especially when we get to an expanded World Cup, which will feature teams that are not as good as Australia. Mm. We're going to have to become consistent in breaking teams down and beating them in that fashion. So once again, just a little bit of an ugly... Head gets reared uh, against lower level opposition. And it'll be very interesting to see how Graham Arnold builds this campaign and continues to grow the side throughout this campaign because obviously that is something that is of concern long term. And it'll be and interesting that, to see that if has Graham been a Arnold concern, will though. address it. That has been a concern though for, for other World Cup campaigns. It's part of the reason why Anne switched to a back three Yeah, is because we have struggled there. It's obviously there's... There's almost like three tiers, I want to say, of opposition. You've got the lower lowest tier where it's like Bangladesh and, you know, we can we can rack up a cricket score against teams like that. And then you have this tier where it's it's teams similar to our level, maybe slightly be- below us, who go, well, we're just going to sit defensively and we're just going to try and... Yeah, UAE. And, and, and yeah. a lot of Middle Eastern si- teams, I was going to say sides, both teams and sides, fall into this category where they just like to play defensive football and play on the counter and try to just shut up shop from the first minute, maybe try and go down early and just time waste and like to frustrate Australia into a result that is not a positive one for us. And then you have you do have sides that are above us. And I, I do think that, to Graham Arnold's credit, we have played well against sides above Australia. He's good at galvanising the squad and making them believe that we can go and achieve great things. And we saw that exactly in the World Cup, but we're no longer in the World Cup and we are back to playing these sides that are below and and around us uh, as far as opposition goes. And we will need to continue to work on breaking down opposition who like to sit deep and like to frustrate us. And I think that's also a personnel thing, which kind of brings us full circle now to what we were speaking about at the very start of this uh, podcast, the very start of the Unbreaking Down, which was speaking about Yangi. Mm. If he's going to stay in squad, Borello's injury, Ryan Strain picked up an injury that puts him in doubt for the Asian Cup as well. Won't yep. be back playing club football until halfway 
to late December. So it'll be very interesting to see where Graham Arnold goes with personnel, how he decides to mould the squad. And I think that's really the big story heading into the Asian Cup. Who's he going to bring? What kind of style of football is he going to play? Are we playing for silverware? Are we playing to build, looking towards the next World Cup? Or are we going to try and delicately balance both? It's a lot of interesting storylines over on the international scene. And I, for one, am hoping we see a lot of young players at the Asian Cup. I don't know where you sit on that, but whatever it is, it'll be very interesting, I'm sure, to see what Graham Arnold does. Yeah, look, I hope that we get a top four finish in the Asian Cup, whether that features a lot of young players. Hopefully, we're rebuilding and we continue to rebuild. But I'd, I'd like to see us perform well. Uh, speaking of the Asian Cup, I, I want to get to the 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 Qatar 2024 Asian Cup and it's specifically the Oli Roos. But mm. Socceroos have achieved the highest FIFA ranking since 2012, which is very good. cool. Um, n- nice to know. I don't I don't place a high value on FIFA rankings because I don't think that they're fully accurate. As far as I think, there's the Elo system, which is a, a better way of looking at world rankings but it is the official one so it's good to recognize that yeah we're up to the highest uh ranking that we have been since 2012 which is great news we're in the 25th um but yes the under 23 asian cup qatar 2024 so we're early ruse we will be playing qatar jordan and indonesia in group a which is good obviously if we do well in that tournament we then qualify for the olympics which is a big deal and so hopefully we do well. We did have a couple of friendlies over uh, the last couple of weeks as well. The Oli Roos played uh, Qatar. They got a 2-1 win over Qatar with uh, Moture and Lachlan Brook scoring. And then also there was a, a game against Saudi Arabia, uh, a 3-1 win. Noah Botic got a double and then Nishan Valupale added a third, which was good to see as well. So... Great to see our Oli Roos getting some regular minutes, continuing to gel as a squad, especially if we're wanting to do well in this Asian Cup and earn uh, a, a place at the Olympics because there's not many on offer and opportunities at the Olympics are hard to come by. And we saw just how important the last Olympics was for this current crop of young players within the Socceroos as we've seen a whole, a whole host of them who got to play at the Olympics, now featuring regularly for the Socceroos and... It helped gel them and grow them as a squad as well. So my hope is that we do qualify for the Olympics. It gives uh, our youngsters another opportunity on the international stage in front of a big audience. I would argue that the Olympics is one of the most watched football tournaments in international football, definitely. I mean, obviously the World Cup is the number one, but... World Cup, Euros, Olympics. I would say Olympics is... Under 20 World Cup. Yeah, I'd say Asian Olymp- Cup. Olympics is definitely up there because you have people who are just fans of sport in general. And I think that'll be good, I, again, for Australians who just love sport, aren't massive soccer fans, but will go, oh, football's on in the World Cup. I wonder how we're going. So, And this is one of our most talented under-23 groups ever. For sure. So lots to watch there. Uh, James, we have to quick pump out a quick episode because you have to go off to work right now. And I do? I... We haven't been able to record an episode this week because I have been working. So that's the joy of doing this thing for the love of it. You've also had a bit of surgery. Oh, yeah. I had surgery as well, but that's that's another thing. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us for this very quick Socceroos Soccer Who's episode. 
Socceroos and Ollie Roos Soccer Who's episode. And we'll catch you starting next week. We're going to sit down. We'll record Monday night. We'll do a full... Big breakdown. It'll be a big bopper, as we call it in the industry. Uh, a big bopper episode. And if you have any thoughts, any anything you want us to talk about, get in touch with us and we'll chat about it. Until then, enjoy the football. Enjoy the football.